Welcome to episode 21 of the Box Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Noah, and we're going to be talking about the new F1 testing that's been happening in 2023. So, Noah, let's go from uh, order of kilometres done. Start with Fernando Alonso. Well, Fernando Alonso, he's been an absolute legend, I suppose. Joined the new team, the most adaptable driver on the grid, no doubt about it. Came in, the did 1,461 kilometres, 270 laps, and set some absolutely blistering times, and hopefully is in, in contention with a, a race win and even a podium, hopefully a podium. I suppose Aston Martin it looks so good this season, absolutely amazing. So let's move on to Nick DeGree, Nick DeVries. Yep, so Nick DeVries, uh, coming in from a new team, he's classed as a rookie driver, even though he had that very uh, very good drive last year for AlphaTauri. Um, sorry, Williams for, at Monza. Um, Williams at Monza, and now he's now he's at AlphaTauri. So he completed 246 laps, or 1,331 kilometers, getting some good data in. And I remember seeing a news article, uh, basically saying how Nick DeVries was so good for AlphaTauri because he he came in at the end of the last season and told them everything wrong with their car. So that's something that they can really oh, go forward with and try and. Uh, something that they can really try and improve on this season. I think they're a team to watch. Well, that's very Nicky Nicky louder esque at Ferrari in nineteen seventy six. I suppose now let's move on to Logan Sargent, the only American driver on the grid, and I suppose William have got a lineup with world champion Carters, the only team. But I suppose there's ten drivers on the grid who've won a world champion, uh, who are world champion Carters. I suppose he did a lot of laps, 229 and 1,239 kilometres in 229 laps. So that's a lot of testing. Even though I don't think he'll do as well in the season, even though in the end of Abu Dhabi, it was, he did some absolutely amazing laps when they had like that extra test, test session to test like the rubber out for the, uh, the tyres out or the rubber for, the, uh, for 2023. And I suppose he looked very fast, even though he had a quite a big spin. But just so I suppose he's looking good for the season, but um, I don't think he'll do that well just because of the uncompetitiveness of the Williams car. I suppose next is Lewis Hamilton. Well, just going back on to uh, Logan Sargent, he looked very good um, in that Williams car, but they were on I think softer tyres than the rest, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, it did look like it would have a couple of reliability issues, which uh, may play a part in um, in the season. So hopefully, I, I want to see Williams start to climb back up the grid. They've got that uh, historical prestige that you always want uh, a team like Williams to do well. But um, about another team uh, that you always want to do well, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton. I don't think he'll win the championship. I'm sorry, but I you... agree with you. Um, uh, I I do think that Hamilton, he he he's he has admitted that the car's not there for him. Uh, it's it's improving. They've got they've uh they've sorted out the porpoising issue. Yeah. But with that stop from George Russell, uh, that got a lot of people interested. Uh, the reliability of that Mercedes could be something to look look for. I suppose they only DNF'd once last season, and that was at Abu Dhabi because Lewis Hamilton played a bit of Rocket League into the first into the first chicane. 
so um down the back straight so i think i think i don't think he'll win the championship and i don't think he'll become in the top three i think those spots are going to be contested by max verstappen charles leclerc and carlos Sainz, which we're going to talk about later but now we're going to the king of the scandinavians um in f1 kevin magnuson well k-mag he's obviously got a new teammate which we'll talk about in a moment um Hulkenberg or Hulkenback as he's been uh, referred to in the news, but uh, Kevin Magnussen, he's uh, he's been very strong in a Haas that uh, I do like the look of. We'll have that livery um livery uh, episode coming out soon, but um yeah, I do think that Kevin Magnussen looks. He's obviously got two hundred nineteen laps in or one thousand one hundred eighty five kilometers. So it, coming in fifth with the amount of um amount of laps done, I think it. It will. I, I I don't want has to be at the bottom, but I think they could be to begin with. Obviously, I, I, I disagree with that. Okay, I think well, McLaren. I think McLaren will be down there as well as Williams. So, but um, yeah, you're on to your point of view then. I suppose the thing is, is that AlphaTauri and Williams will be at the bottom, no matter in in the start start of the season, and I think that and then for a fight for P seven will be between Haas and McLaren. Because maybe at the uh, latter part of the season, as Haas in the past have found it very difficult to develop the car um, during the season, as we saw a very good last season, absolutely strong P7, no, P5 opener, got Kevin Magnussen got P5. But after that, apart from the pole in Brazil, which people have overlooked, I think that there's not, there's not going to be that much apart Kevin Magnussen, he might do start of the thing, but at the latter part of the season, I think Williams and Haas will be fighting each other. Well, that'll be uh, quite interesting to see then. So, Carlos Sainz, you said that he could be in the top three. Uh, what, do, what do you think about, um, do, do you think he'll, he'll be challenging with Leclerc and Verstappen, or do you think he'll be, uh, from my point of view, I think he'll still be uh, further behind, but it's a new Ferrari, new uh, new team principal in Fred Vasseur. Do you think that Carlos Sainz will be able to help Leclerc? So, in my opinion, I think he will become P3 in the standings. And I think Leclerc and Sainz will be the closest teammate pairing. Like, there's not much differentiating. Like, Leclerc on Leclerc, uh, on Sainz's day, he might outperform Leclerc. But o- over a season, Leclerc will outperform Sainz. But I think... In this, but I don't think Perez will do that well. I think looking at Sainz versus Perez, Perez has the better car, but still, um, I think Carlos Sainz out-qualified him. Maybe by a close margin, I think Sainz did the better qualifying. So I think Sainz, they, I think Sainz, even though Perez got more wins, I think just Sainz is more consistent when the Ferrari is actually not um, becoming a barbecue. So... I think that it, so and especially as Ferrari have sorted out their um sorted out their reliability issues it seems they're now going to turn back the um the engines up so at the latter part of the last season they were trying to protect it but I think this season will be uh, their year and I think they will win the constructors championship. Well, that's something uh, we need to delve into in a future episode. But I would like to uh, quickly just talk. On that note of uh, Carlos Sainz, 
you said that you don't think surgery repairers, well, we'll talk about this in a moment, um, but you don't, You said that you don't think surgery repairers will be in that top three. Now, I was reading an article about uh, that there were allegations against Max Verstappen for having the RB18 and RB19, the Red Bull cars, tailored to his driving style. Do you think that's something, do you think, one, that's true, and do you think that's one of the reasons why Perez won't be in this year's top three? Well, as a as a go-kart driver myself and using lots of different setups and Verstappen is tailored around that team and I've heard Perez really likes an oversteery car and I don't really like that I'm more of a Verstappen style but I suppose that that Red Bull is so twitchy through the corners that's the twitchiest car just seeing it and I suppose uh, um, well, Perez in the past had a racing point was really oversteering, and that's why he got those wins in Sakir. And that because the track is nice for oversteering cars, and that was from last to first, he basically did. Um, so it was an amazing drive, but I just don't think that Red Bull, because in the early part of last season, it was really it was quite oversteering. I think it was more a neutral car, like more oversteery from 2021. But then it sort of got more down to Verstappen. And I think Perez was naturally left behind. Because the start of that season, the, the Red Bull was rapid in a straight line. And I suppose um, it that and then sort of oversteery cars and um, straight line speeds intertwined. But then the Red Bull just became the the god mode car because of how fast in the corners and fast in the straights and that's my opinion basically and that's why I don't I think that twitchiness will not go away anytime soon so I think Sergio Perez is just going to fall more and more behind. Well, it's a very interesting point of view. Of course, oversteer when the car's more reactive, but might, you might lose the back end and turn into a spin. Whereas understeer where the car is less responsive. Um, so moving on. Uh, we're going to have to go at a bit of a quicker pace here, but Alexander Albon, we've already spoke about Logan Sargent, he's obviously got some more experience in that Williams. Uh, do you think that in P7 he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to help the team, help Sargent and increase um, his performance? I think he'll be knocking on the points every race. Well, that's a very bold claim. But I don't think he'll get very many points. I think it because I think he'll get those consistent p12s and 11s but never that p10 well it'd be very interesting to see i'd obviously uh like i said before i'd love to see um a williams up there not right at the back uh going on to yuki sonoda again we've talked about his uh, new teammate nick devries uh sonoda uh was obviously um pierre gasly's teammate who's uh who's now left and do you think that uh, Yuki Tsunoda's got the leadership qualities to be a lead driver? I don't think he does, in my opinion. I think that Yuki Tsunoda's that very supportive driver. And it's the same problem at Ferrari, I think. But both are very supportive drivers. And I think that Nick DeVries is more of that lead of role. But as he's got that such a lack of experience of F1... He's got so much experience in single seaters, but not in F1, and that's why Yuki needs to step in, step up this year, and actually don't don't not go into many spins and crashes, and just step up and score those consistent points. 
now Sergio Perez, I think it is, who we've always so who we yeah. We, so we discussed Perez and Verstappen um a bit a bit in uh, in detail. So we'll just sorry move on to yeah. um Valtteri Bottas in eleven and his teammate Guanyu Zhou in P twelve. Now you said earlier to me that you think Guanyu Zhou is gonna outperform Valtteri Bottas. Now that was opposite um to last season where Valtteri Bottas was um challenging uh, Mercedes certainly for that uh, third slash fourth best car on the grid. Do you think um do you think with that Ferrari power engine that they'll do well again? I think Zhou Guanyu will outperform thing and I um Valtteri and I think um the car will be very competitive in the early part of the season, maybe similar to the Aston Martin, but then it's just gonna fall back. But I think Aston Martin are going to just stay in that nice P four position. Because we saw it in racing points in twenty twenty, they were P four. If it wasn't for that um points deduction with the break with the brakes and the um alloys I think it was it would have been P3 which is an absolutely amazing achievement then you sort of scurried back to P7 and I'm not sure why under the Aston Martin title so um, Charles Leclerc is P13 unlucky number for some (laughs) 13 and hopefully as a very big Ferrari fan myself hopefully that horrible luck will not carry on and I want to see a title from him but it's not his year well, it's uh, the, uh, Ferrari have uh, changed their strategies, so hopefully there will be no uh, uh, there will be no horrible calls um, for strategy. Uh, so we've got uh, a couple more now. We've got Nico Hulkenberg or Hulkenback as I referred to him earlier. Uh, one hundred and ninety six laps. Again, quite similar to Magnussen, I think that he's going to be uh, one that maybe over the season might get a bit better, but will probably stay at the, at the bottom. Uh, Esteban Ocon, he's alongside uh, Pierre Gasly, uh, all French lineup, all French team. Uh, do you think that look uh, in in the past he's not got on very well with Gasly? Do you think he'll be able to him and Gasly who were so fifteenth and seventeenth with that lap? Do you think they'll be able to work together? So around? the Alpine looks fast this year. They but they I think their strategy is that they're going to hold off these fast tires for the soft and stop and um, more use the mediums and hard in races they've been very very close in the past as figures through karting as i like i love karting um competing every f1 driver goes through karting and never f1 for me but um they've been so close in karting and then f4 f3 og from the renault it's just it's been um they they will have some tussles this year. Because if you're Esteban Ocon's teammate, that's the hardest driver on the grid. You saw with Perez, Alonso, and what was it before? Because he was at Manor. I I think it was uh, NASA, I think his name was. But uh, it's George Russell, P16. And now yep. that was surprising, I would say. Well, he, he had that stop. Um, Obviously, there's with the... Uh... With the challenges of last season, Mercedes have been working tirelessly to try and improve the car. Now with the the rule changes so that the cars are higher, so they stop bouncing on the straight, um, porpoising is. Uh, I I do think that um in that Mercedes, I I think at the beginning, obviously they're in a lovely car, lovely livery, um, uh, with that black. But I do think that 
the CDs will be, it'll be a bit like last season. At the beginning, they'll struggle, and then they'll climb gradually back up. Then we're on to uh, P18, 19, and 20. So in 18th and 19th, we've got McLaren. So they uh, could only get 170 laps for Piastri and 142 for Lando, uh, mainly because of some brake issues, um, which meant, like, last year, they couldn't get as many laps as they would have hoped. Do you think this will really hinder their... Um, a test for the reliability? I think it's not more of the reliability, I'm more worried about their Bahrain Grand Prix. Like last year, it was something like P17 and P15. And so far, so I suppose we saw the Aston Martin at the back as well, So we thought, and the Mercedes weren't looking quick. So I think it was a bit of Mercedes power unit this year, but I think McLaren just need to sort their shoes out and didn't hit their aerodynamic um once for the season um in winter test um in winter like uh, the off season and i just think signing piastri is not the best move in my opinion because i think he's a rookie you know he's won the f3 and f2 title in, um, 2020, in 2021 and 2020 and i think they it, apart from Filippo drogovic who was called in at the last day for uh, the last day, apart um, and um, so he did a hundred and seventeen laps on the last day. Or well, McLaren over three days only managed to do two hundred laps more as a team. So it's not looking good for McLaren, especially as Aston Martin and McLaren share the same power units. So it's all down to the chassis and the aerodynamics. So what's your opinion? Well, just uh, I I don't think McLaren will be there to begin with, but I think they'll, as they, I, I think McLaren are one of those teams that can develop very well with Mercedes. I think they'll be able to, as the season go on, they'll be climbing back up, um, making up for the the poor performances that I expect at the beginning of the season, and then lastly on to Felipe Drogovic. Um, so the AMR twenty three. Just want to talk about that. Uh, so he got drafted at the last minute, like you said. It's got very, very aggressive side pods, well, no side pods, really. Um, and uh, Lance Stroll has been confirmed to race in Bahrain. Uh, he will he will be doing that. But uh, Alonso has said that it hurt a lot um, to not have Stroll at pre-season testing. Uh, obviously, Felipe uh, Drogovic um, replaced him. So it was it must have been good for, uh, for him to get that experience and for Aston Martin to get a different viewpoint. But I do think that uh, it'll be interesting to see how Lance Stroll does. Personally, I think that was a silly move by Aston Martin. I think they should have hauled off at Stroll for um, Bahrain and then put him back in an F1 car. Or put Stroll in for FP1 so he gets a feel and uh, for the car. But then let Felipe Drogovic, as he's got the pre-season testing, and get that experience under Aston Martin. Even though, like Lance Stroll, partly injured, straight into the um the race, and straight into the race, only getting three uh, hours of before qualifying, and that sort of concludes it. I would say. Yeah. Well, thank you very much all for listening, and uh, stay tuned for both the liveries and um our episode on Bahrain, which uh, takes place at three p.m. GMT on uh, it will be on uh, Sunday. So thank you very much, uh, Noah, and goodbye.